Well, uh, thanks for having me. It is uh, really good to be here today. Uh, and let me just start by praying. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this story of uh, this party uh, where there were many people present, particularly this woman. And we pray, Lord, as we think about this story today, your spirit would uh, convict us, would encourage us, uh, and that we would leave here today different to when we came in, more enamoured by your son, Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, I wonder uh, if you uh, have ever pondered the question, you probably have, of what makes someone good or someone bad. Uh, Myself, this is the kind of question that I'm kind of asking all the time. What makes someone good or someone bad? And uh, as I kind of look around, I I get answers to these questions, don't I? So I used to live in this kind of big... uh, kind of large block with lots of townhouses and apartments on it and we were in one of them and let me tell you who was bad the student neighbors who didn't get their bins back in until like three or four nights after bin night was well and truly over I mean, that is just so frustrating clearly that doesn't bother anyone else here but man, <laughs> me i can't stand that i i, I want to write no- nasty notes on their letters i get mine in straight away as soon as the truck comes my work colleagues, perhaps, if you, uh, who, who always stay back late and, and get the job done, well, they're good guys. Uh, and the ones that kind of slack off and oh, I'm always picking up the slack for them, well, they're the bad ones. Or we look around the world and we see people who uh, travel the world to provide care and aid for people who don't have uh, a life uh, as good as we enjoy here in Australia. Great people. And then we look at the, uh, the, the people who inflict such pain and terror in places like Iraq and Syria, and we think, very bad people. Well, we answer the question of who is good and who is bad by looking at actions, I think. If you've seen the recently released movie The Imitation Game, I don't know if anyone's seen that, but it's a great movie, that tells this story of, of Alan Turing, uh, this guy who was, did great things. He broke the Enigma code. He, and we, we we're, were invited to see him as a great man because of the lives he saved. The, the many uh, people who didn't die, the war that was shortened because of the work that he did, a great man. And if we keep our minds in, in World War II, where we think of someone like Hitler as perhaps the worst person who, who ever lived because of the horrible and terrible things that he did. But then, of course, if we're asking what makes someone good and what makes someone bad, we ultimately have to come to that awkward realisation that we're people too and and we've got to fit into this scale as well. And we know, if we have some humility, that perhaps we're not as great as Alan Turing, who saved millions of lives, or Mother Teresa, who worked in the slums, but we also know we're better than the neighbour who doesn't bring the bins in, uh, or, or Hitler. They're, you know, roughly the same. Yeah, we know that we're, we're, we're kind of slightly better than average. And the story that uh, we had read to us this morning, the story of this party where this uh, woman comes in to Jesus, uh, is a story where we've got this same old game of of making comparisons at work. What makes someone good? What makes someone bad? Well, Simon the Pharisee, he's the guy hosting the party. In his mind, he's, he's sort of thought about these questions and he, he's definitely landed himself 
well and truly towards the Mother, Mother Teresa end of the scale. He's hosting this big dinner party, uh, and when you're good and powerful and influential, as, as Simon the Pharisee would have been in Jesus' day, he's invited the, the biggest and most important person in town to his party, Jesus. Jesus was a big deal. Uh, he was well known. He was known for his wise teaching. He was known for his amazing miracles. And so Simon, who thinks he's a pretty good guy, thinks, yeah, I'll, I'll, ha- I'll have Jesus over to my house. He's invited him over, uh, not just uh, because he thinks Jesus is cool, but because he wants to see how good he, Jesus really is. Is this Jesus guy really all he's cracked up to be? Uh, and, and pretty quickly, the party heads south for Simon, and, and he really realises that Jesus maybe isn't as great as he thought. Perhaps Jesus isn't up there with Simon on the good end of the scale. Why? Well, because of this woman. This woman who, who rolls into his party, who's definitely on the bad end of the scale. She's called the sinful woman. She's turned up at this party and she performs this outrageous, public, humiliating act of, of worship and adoration on the feet of Jesus. And Simon thinks to himself, Jesus would not let this happen if he was a good man. He is clearly not the great religious man I thought he was because he's allowing himself to be touched by a sinner. Verse 39, if this man were a prophet, he would know who who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Now, I think sometimes we might lose some of the... The, the, the gravitas behind what he's saying there or the judgment that's behind that. You see, uh, sometimes I think in the, in the 21st century, we kind of think that, well, that she's a sinner, that actually this is kind of making her a bit cool and edgy, right? We, we think, ah, oh, cool, Jesus is like hanging out with this sinful woman. That's like so cool. And like, you know, she was probably a little bit hipster and into grunge and, you know, society had rejected her, but she was kind of going against the grain. Uh, what, what a cool kind of dude Jesus was. But actually, to, to be labelled a sinner was far from kind of uh, a badge of pride. It was far from a way into cool alternative lifestyle. Actually, to be a sinner was to be cast out, to be a complete outsider, to be completely rejected, alone, hopeless. In fact, uh, I think to cut Simon some slack a little, perhaps uh, we, we get a better picture of how this woman was viewed by Simon and by society if, if we think that, that this woman is, is more like a, a guy who maybe uh, goes around and uh, beats up Uh, old ladies to get their pension money or something, right? You know, this kind of disgust that we have for these kind of people, or or maybe even worse, something uh, like a pedophile, totally outcast from our society. That's the kind of disdain and disgust that Simon holds for this woman, that that society holds for this woman. And you can kind of understand, can't you, why when she comes in and Jesus associates with her and lets her touch him that their estimation of Jesus lowers in Simon's mind. Why Simon gets disappointed that Jesus doesn't push 
this woman away because she's very bad news. And Simon feels that by Jesus not judging her as, as being bad, as being unworthy of being in his presence, therefore Jesus is, is by association bad and unworthy of being in his presence. Well, is Simon right? Should Jesus have shunned this woman? Well, Jesus tells a story, uh, a parable, which, which demonstrates just how wrong Simon is thinking about this. And let me read to you from verse uh, 41. Jesus says this, tells Simon this story. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? And Simon listens to the story and says, well, I guess it will be the one who has had the bigger debt forgiven. And Jesus agrees. You have judged correctly, says Jesus. And then he says to Simon, some words that really cut to the heart. Do you see this woman, verse 44? I came into your house and you did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. You see, this woman, she's a sinner. She knows how bad she is, how without hope she is, how alone she is. She knows her inadequacy, her mistakes, and she sees in Jesus a chance, an opportunity to find acceptance, love, and forgiveness. And so she does what anyone in their right mind would do when they have that opportunity. She throws herself at the feet of Jesus and and, and begs for his mercy, worships him. And the result of, of, of coming to Jesus in this way, of worshipping him, of, of accepting him, well, she's forgiven, we read in verse 48. Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. But Jesus is saying something else here as he rebukes Simon for, for not welcoming the woman. You see, Simon, this self-righteous good guy, uh, he, he's, he hasn't welcomed Jesus. And, and Jesus is saying to him, look, if you really understood who I was, if you really understood who you'd invited, then you would have done much more than this woman. Because you would know that in your presence at your party today is the one who can offer forgiveness of sins. What have you done, Simon? Well, you've kept me at arm's length. You've been judging me. And you've shown me no love. And I think implicitly by not welcoming Jesus and by forgiving this sinful woman, Jesus is saying to Simon, without welcoming and accepting me, like the, unlike the woman, you have no forgiveness. She has forgiveness because she's welcomed me. 
But you are too good, too self-righteous to do what needs to be done, to come to Jesus, to welcome him and to be forgiven. Well, this story, I think, captures really well uh, the whole story of Jesus throughout the scriptures. Uh, a, a, a whole, the whole story, of, uh, and it answers the question for us, sorry, about who is good and who is bad. And the answer we get in the scriptures is, is very different to the answer we might give as we think about it uh, in kind of our day-to-day life. I want to just jump to Romans, which is a few books forward uh, in your Bibles. If you've got a Bible open, you can go there too. Romans chapter 3. Uh, and Romans chapter 3, verse 10, it tells us something very interesting. There is no one righteous, not even one. All of us find ourselves in the same place. All of us need the good news of Jesus. A few verses down in Romans chapter 3, verse 21, we read this. But apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew or Gentile For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. See, the question is not, am I good or am I more good or worse than someone else? But the question is, how have I related to Jesus? Have I accepted him? Because The Bible story is one where all of us find ourselves in the same boat. On the side of unrighteousness. On the side of the sinful woman. Perhaps some of us are prone to thinking that, you know, if we do good things like baptise our daughters, uh, then, you know, that makes us good and maybe God will accept us. But it's not actually about It's about humbling ourselves and saying to God, we accept Jesus just like that sinful woman did. We want and need his forgiveness. We need him to make us righteous. Well, just like the sinful woman realised in this story, We are all in need of forgiving. And I think there's a fair bunch of us here who who know that. Who know that we've made some big mistakes. uh, Who who know that we've hurt people. Who know that we'll probably make some more mistakes in the future. Who know that we've probably acted selfishly instead of selflessly. There's good news for you. Because the most disdained person in society when Jesus walked the earth was able to come to Jesus and find love, hope, acceptance and forgiveness. But perhaps some of us here are more like Simon the Pharisee, judging others. Not explicitly, I mean obviously, you know, we don't do that in Australia, we don't judge others, that's good for you but that's not me. you've looked at your life and you've looked at the lives of others and you've decided, you know what, I'm pretty good. 
And if Jesus was here today, he'd come to my place and I'd wow him with my uh, nice dinner set. We'll hear the message of this story today. Jesus offers forgiveness to everyone and we all need it. None of us is righteous. All of us need forgiveness. Whether we're baptised or not, whether we're ministering in a church or not, whether we've saved a million lives or zero lives, whether we feel hopelessly lost in our messy life or feel pretty good about ourselves, all of us find ourselves needing to make one decision. Who do we think Jesus is? And are we willing to accept the great gift, forgiveness, through trusting Jesus, through falling at his feet, through humbling himself? Who is good? Who is bad? Well, if we accept the Jesus story, then we're free from that comparison game. In Jesus, we find a a saviour who loves us and who longs to offer all of us hope and forgiveness. Provided that we're prepared to welcome him. I'm glad that Ash and Kaz want to do that. And I pray that Kaylee will grow up and want to do that too. And I hope that you too, wherever you're at, might take some time to investigate Jesus. And to see that he offers great freedom and great hope. And that if you want to accept him, then he speaks these same words he spoke to that woman. Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace.